0: Recorded live from our basements, because we weren't invited to Los Angeles, it's the RF Generation Nation podcast with our special E3 edition. I'm your host, Jess. And this is Adam. And we're going to share a few thoughts on gaming's annual Christmas list maker. Now, the purpose of this cast is not going to be to cover every single little detail about E3, uh, chances are, if uh, if you're interested, you've already you know scoured the pages all over the internet or watched the conferences and such. So really, we're just going to kind of hit some footnotes of interest, you know, for us and and things we thought you know were worth uh, repeating or bringing out. So uh, we're going to cover just a couple of things that were interesting to us, and then we're going to cover each of the three major conferences. So uh, starting off, uh, HD updates for Silent Hill two and three. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, 3, and Peace Walker, and Zone of the Enders 1 and 2. The last one really kind of thrilled me because, especially sales-wise compared to the the, the first two series, it was kind of impressive that they actually listened to the the listenership to get those out there. I hear announcements like this where they're going to HD remake these, well, actually just HD update these titles for, well, I believe the... Silent Hill right now is exclusive to PS3, and the uh, the other two series, Metal Gear and Zone uh, of the Enders, are coming to both 360 and PS3. And as soon as I read these announcements, I get all excited, and then I turn and look at my my wall of PS2 games and Xbox games, and I'm like, <laughs> uh, some you know, is it worth being a collector? Sometimes <laughs> I've got you know all of these PS2 games, and I'm like. I need to hold on to these because these are some of gaming's classics. You know, years and years later, we're going to be looking back to the Citizen Kane of this of this console that was remade for the next two consoles. Then so, be
1: Citizen Kane on Blu-ray. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, <laughs> you know, you know, it it always makes me just kind of sh- every E three they do, you know something like that happens where I kind of look at the collection and go. Wow, th- Xbox 360. Am I going to be playing my Xbox anymore? Is it even worth collecting? Yeah, <laughs> I'll do it anyway. What about you, Mr. Adam? Any footnotes that were of particular interest? Just kind of, uh, just kind of out there.
1: You know, the the Metal Gear one did kind of interest me because I I never really have gotten into the series. Um, I have a couple of them. I've just never played them. But to you know, be able to experience them in a little bit of a better graphical environment, I mean, I'll probably, it, it really kind of depends on how they release them. If they're going to be a downloadable only option, I might hold off, but... From what I read, there's going to be uh, both a, a download option, at
0: least I, I believe it was for the Metal Gears, there's going to be a download option, as well as a retail disc. Supposedly, it's going to they're going to have uh, both options, but then again, that kind of thing always gets muddled closer to retail, and you know, sometimes they go one way or the other. So, uh, Last I read so far, they're going to feature uh, both download options and retail, and on the same way, if it was download only, it, even to be able to go back to those games on HD, I'd still you know, they're not not likely to be cheap either way, so I'm really glad I heard so far they're still planning on a disc version.
1: And I actually watched the Konami, and I really didn't see much news from the Konami except for the Metal Gear ones, but um, it looks like at the very end they uh, thanked everybody for watching, and there was a little teaser showing with the Contra-C and a tagline that says, they're coming. Yep. As long as they're
0: not making HD updates of the Contra Adventure, and oh, the other terrible PlayStation Contra that came out that oh my goodness.
1: Yeah, a new Contra could be very cool. Like a, a you know a co-op. As long as they don't try and make it like every other action game that's out there, but just with Contra environments and stuff. As gamers, we always complain about having it's always a rehash of everything else, but and we want original games, but there's some franchises where you just kind of have to stick to what has worked, and I think Contra's definitely one of those.
0: It's at times like this that I always have to, to give shout-outs to. There, there's always games in uh, in a series that's, that's beloved that seem to just get uh, thrown under the table and everybody forgets about when they mention, like... Uh, Contra Shattered Soldier for the PS2, I thought, while well, uh, well, changing the formula a little bit, was still uh, just an excellent representation of what makes Contra Contra, and it was incredibly difficult. A run and Gun had awesome graphics. It really felt like a, a, a newer update to Contra 3, until we had Contra 4 on the DS, another incredible title that I was... Uh, very, very impressed with. So, uh, you know, a lot of people say there hasn't been a decent Contra game out since, uh, you know, the Alien Wars uh, on Super Nintendo or Hardcore <laughs> on the Genesis. But those two Contra games in particular, Contra 4 and then uh, Shattered Soldier, I thought were were excellent additions to the series. Neo-Contra, eh, not so much. But <laughs> <laughs> Another one I want to put a, a notice on to go and check out, especially since the demo is now finally out, is El Shaddai on... Uh, it's out on the Xbox 360 Marketplace. Check it out. It's very, very different. I'm very excited about this game, and the demo is just solidifying that for me. But it's definitely going to show if it's a kind of game you're going to be interested in or not. the The art and design is very original. The combat, while seemingly simplistic actually has quite a bit of variation to it when you get used to the system. Uh, I, I'm just going to tell people to go and check it out, because it's definitely one of those games where you're either going to just, it's going to click with you, or you're going to be like, eh, no thanks. But check it out, it's different.
1: I didn't catch that one. What, what is that one about?
0: El Shaddai is the very Japanese-esque retelling of the Book of Enoch. It has a gorgeous, almost watercolor-esque art style. And it has kind of 3D platforming, action, uh, somewhat simplistic combat, but there's a lot of. There's actually a a system to it. It's a one button combat system, but much like, say, Prince of Persia, um, the uh, 08 release, it's got a system at play, kind of like almost a, a timed rhythm to it that you learn. And the design. In terms of the art, the world design, uh, even the story, it's just—it's pretty original. For you know, we're always saying we want something different. This is definitely different. <laughs> so, definitely uh, check it out. Yeah, uh, before that, another one I could have uh, recommended—it's already already out. Um, the entire game is uh, Outland. Check that out too if you're just a fan of interesting art styles. It's—it's it's almost a 2D platforming Ikaruga variant, if you will. So that's another one I can say that uh, it's not really E3 related because it's already out, but yeah. <laughs> I should have put that in gaming shout out.
1: But. <laughs> well, let's go on to the main event, as it were. Uh, we'll start with. Uh, we'll kind of take these in order to start with Microsoft and the Connect uh, Xbox 360. Um, since that was basically what every single game seemed to have been showcasing this year.
0: At least they're coming out with glasses for your Kinect system so that you can play it in a smaller room. The Zoom accessory for Connect.
1: You know, uh, <laughs> I, I saw a picture of it and as goofy as it looks, I might have to pick it up because that was kind of my, my biggest complaint with the Kinect is I've got a small living room. I don't have a lot of space to play it. And if that can help me play it and experience it a little bit better, I will definitely give it a good uh, look.
0: Yeah, as hilarious as it is to actually have a lens, basically glasses for your Kinect system so that it can, you know, to, to correct this short sightedness and it can actually see, you know, a smaller living room space, right, you know, closer to it to be able to interact. If it, if it works well, That's <laughs> a brilliant accessory for one of my biggest beefs with the Kinect system, and it's a third party so you know it's one of those how could microsoft have missed this obvious opportunity if it was you know kind of this relatively simple to make it work that's if it works because you know it's not out there yet in retail so there might be some caveats with it you know who knows cloud sharing for uh, for games and game saves games profiles and such is finally coming to microsoft we mentioned uh, how silly it was that microsoft hadn't Jumped on the bandwagon with this yet for, uh, you know, for as much as they are touting all the features of Xbox Live, this seemed like a strange thing for Sony to beat them to the punch. Then again, with the whole hacker fallout, maybe not so much. (laughs) But um, they finally announced they're bringing cloud sharing uh, to the 360. And I, for one, am actually, you know, this might make me sound like a fanboy because I was concerned when it was uh, brought to. PlayStation because of uh, you know, the whole digital everything moving to the digital uh, frontier and and how you you know it might be in the future that uh, you don't have access to your save games if if that's the only way it let, allows you to save that kind mm-hmm. of thing but uh, it makes me sound like a fanboy to, to be happy about it here but the main reason why I'm excited about it coming to 360 is because I've myself and have known others to have imported profiles from one system to another and had problems with uh, achievements syncing up with uh, you know save game data depending on what you were doing uh, there's just been a host of issues because we, we land game so much and so every now and then someone will forget to bring a memory card or never have bothered to get one and they'll just try to import their profile over and it's a clunky system it seems like something always goes wrong and even Microsoft recommends not to use that method just to you know hop your profile from one system to the next uh, so the cloud sharing actually seems like it's going to be very convenient for for our purposes here for gaming. Um, you know, not even going to bother repeating my whole. Uh, I don't want everything saved on somebody else's <laughs> servers for my private games, but yeah,
1: it's coming. Yeah, it seems like they're gonna. It, you know, we we did mention this before, but it, it's it seems like it's going to be a good thing for uh, once this actually comes down the pipeline, mostly for me for game saves just because I can't imagine I I would not want to restart a game again. I mean, that's, that's what we're coming down to is that you can either take your game with you over to a friend's house and continue playing it there. Uh, or you can, you know, beat the game and not have to, or get close to beating it and not have to worry if your system's going to red ring or yellow light or whatever, you know, whichever console you're on. Um, so that you can actually have to you know, finish the game instead of getting 90% of the way through, and then your system fails, and then you have to start over again, so you just don't even bother. Uncharted on PS3. Well,
0: the indie darling that truly has to win some kind of award for having the most hype for an unreleased game, short of Duke Nukem anyway, Minecraft, is coming to the 360, I don't think they could have snagged a you know a, a better title from PC over to for 360. Uh, they say it's going to be different than the PC version, but there's going to be cross connectivity. They haven't announced how all that's going to come together, but uh, yeah, that I was really thrilled to. to I, I have not put. Much time into Minecraft because to me it's like the old school SimCity games. That's why I stopped playing them because I I start and I don't stop, and then I'll uh, I'll I'll go. Hey, where's my three year old? Oh, you're eighteen. Yeah, I probably should have uh, just saved and quit a while back. <laughs> I, I'm thrilled this is coming out though because there is already a huge audience for it on the PC and for a game that's not even released. And if they have a version for 360 that's at all nearly as, you know, hopefully they'll have some kind of uh, customization features, to you know, that they have similar editing and that kind of thing like they do for the PC. I You know, I just hope that they're not, you know, they're going to have an open version that's going to be able to do a whole lot because, you know, the community around that game is just phenomenal. And it's exciting to know that that's coming to a console. Yeah,
1: I've, I've actually, that's one of the few PC games I've picked up in quite some time as Minecraft. It has got a huge following, and for Microsoft to be able to bring it to the the Xbox, I was... I mean, it really, I mean,
0: could have gone to anybody. I hope that they don't cram it in there and not actually use the 360 to, you know, its full potential. I I hope we don't end up with another StarCraft for Nintendo 64. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, have to wait and see. I'm
1: just, you know, I'm thrilled that it's coming out, though. I I also kind of hope they don't try and... uh, as, (laughs) as... much as it sounds like i bash the Kinect a lot i i hope that they don't try and tack it on just so that they can have it i mean that's that's the thing that's kind of kind of got me worried about the connect is that they're they're releasing all these games that have Kinect support and it's just kind of tacked on gimmicky for the most part
0: Minecraft is a game where I think it could truly benefit from having uh, connect support, but only if it's in addition to the controller. Sure. Say, say you're sitting there on the couch with your controller moving around, and then you can literally just, uh, you know, move your hand away from the controller and over to the TV and grab something and rotate it or or build it like a leg. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. A building like Lego blocks together. With the connect feature and then just reaching down, picking up your controller and walking through whatever you've just made. You know, it, it does have this enormous potential. But like you said, you know, you hope it's just not, you know, hey, look, I can move my hand forward and, and chop the wood instead of actually pressing a button. You know? Right. That's
1: <laughs>
0: whoop-dee-doo. This is why I bought, you know, a $150 add-on to my system. It's... <laughs> I hope that they do something with it.
1: Yeah, ghost recon. Jeez. <laughs>
0: Hey, hey! On Mass Effect, now you can order your squadmates to death instead of just pressing a button. So,
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah, that, this is that's what I'm talking about. I mean, it's well, the 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 battle you know sequence stuffs kind of that can be cool. The way that you are now using the connect to talk to the characters in game. And yet, it still is not saying what you're saying. That's, I mean, is that just, is it just me or is that a little strange where you're just saying it just to make the selection where it's that much quicker to push the button and this get, you know, how long is Mass Effect? And you just want to, you're just going to end up making it longer by talking to the thing. I'm wondering
0: if there's some kind of conspiracy here with. The Japan market for Xbox, because you know that hasn't moved anywhere more or less since Microsoft's tried to push Xbox over there. Can you imagine a dating sim on 360 <laughs> that it was all through voice commands? I mean, <laughs> that's just perfect for the market. You, you gotta wonder if that was on the design table when they're like, "Well, look at this cool 3D interface we have with this, you know, with these cameras," and somebody says, "So many in the Japan." market, you know, somebody at the table who's responsible for uh, Microsoft's Japan market says, hey, can I finally get that voice chat stuff I've been trying to cram in there? I'm telling you, the dating sim market, they love this stuff. (laughs) Makes me wonder if that's how you ended up with it in there.
1: The day that the Xbox and Kinect blows up in Japan is the day that Monster Hunter is released on the Xbox with Kinect support. (laughs) Now, there was one Kinect Xbox game that I thought looked pretty cool. And that was the uh, Disneyland Adventures. That seems to be, that and really the uh, the Sesame Street game that was showed off, those seem to be some pretty powerful examples of what the Kinect can do. I mean, they're kids games, but that makes it easier for a kid to get into gaming. My son, he doesn't, I mean, he is not huge into gaming, you know, yet he'll probably get into it more and more. But... When we get the Connect out, and we get out Connect Adventures or something like that, the kid loves it. And those kind of games, and how they were being used, um, show me some very cool potential. But again, they're they're, they're obviously not geared toward your quote hardcore gamers. Uh,
0: don't worry. As long as they keep on making Dance Central sequels or just Dance sequels, we'll have something to play on our Connect.
1: I thought it was pretty cool that they got the cast of Psych to uh, come in and demonstrate the Kinect Sports Season 2 demo. <laughs>
0: well, for the the last few summers running, uh, Microsoft's uh, Summer of Arcade promotion has had some of the the best titles, really, in my opinion, on the 360. <laughs> uh, and, and last year's was was pretty tough to follow up. I mean, I absolutely uh, I loved Limbo. Uh, played Trials incessantly until I was ready to throw my controller through the TV. Um, you know... Shadow Complex is still considered one of the, the best download titles for 360. Um, so this year, you know, it has a lot to live up to. And I have to say that if any of the other games are going to be as amazing as Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet looks like, uh, it's we're set for another awesome summer. Uh, if you have not downloaded the trailer for Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet, which also gets uh, one of my votes for the, the best game title of all time... um. <laughs> Not as good as the Earth dies screaming on Atari twenty six hundred, but uh, this one features uh, amazing art uh, by by Gagné. If you've never seen it, um, it you just—it's <laughs> I can't even describe it. Download <laughs> the trailer. Uh, the The gameplay looks just. It looks very addictively fun, much in the same sense of exploration, Metroid style. All of the, the preview build uh, that I've read about, it sounds like the kind of game that's right up my, my alley. And um, again, it, it's got that kind of 2D plane, uh, huge exploration aspect where you have to get different items to be able to explore further on down. The the combat looks interesting. The The creature design looks phenomenal. Of uh, the, the, the weird things that you're facing in the game... Uh, <laughs> everything in the world is pulsing or moving or animated or ghastly looking. <laughs> it's it's amazing. They had a trailer for this game like two years ago, and I was excited for it then, and they finally announced that it's going to be part of the Summer of Arcade this uh, this summer, and I'm pumped. So th- that interested me more than half of the other big things that Microsoft was in. I'm like, finally,
1: this is coming out. <laughs> and... There was one more game announced for Microsoft, wasn't there? Kind of a, a big deal. Another,
0: was that a was that the, another indie title like Howl, Howl something? Uh, there was that anniversary, yeah. Some oh, game came okay. out ten years ago. Um, kind of a big deal. I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> 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 I'm everybody. <laughs> on this site probably knows i'm a halo fanboy and i am pumped about being able to play through the original campaign uh on live with with a friend with uh better textures uh better environments not too pumped about going through the library level again but (laughs) they have said that they might they might make some. They're not going to change the architecture because they're trying to stay true to the original game. So the level design is going to be the same. But you know, think just give me a warthog to run over everything to get to the end. Uh, you know, that'll <laughs> be enough for me. The game actually runs two engines simultaneously: the original Halo engine as well as uh, the updated Reach engine, so that you can, uh, similar to say, archetype Dimensions on uh, on the Xbox Live Arcade, you can press a button to see the new graphics or the old graphics. I don't know if it's a button press, but they're actually you can switch at any time Mm -hmm. to see the original game engine playing uh, versus the new game engine. And as for multiplayer, uh, supposedly there's a separate separate disc that's going to be released that's going to have one new Firefight map based off of uh, an original Halo map, as well as, I believe, six multiplayer maps, the original Halo multiplayer maps available for play on Xbox Live. And considering... I still have the setup for my uh, original Xbox LAN just for the original <laughs> Halo. This got, this has me excited for, for our LAN gaming. Oh, man. We played Sidewinder. Oh, my gosh. We had capture the Flag matches that lasted for, like, three hours at a time. And, it, and, and, I mean, it was intense the whole time. So,
1: yeah. Pretty pumped. And then, of course, they... Went ahead and ended the presser with uh, the Halo Four announcement
0: and the intention of making it a new trilogy. And granted, a lot of people will call out a uh, you know, you're doing a Tony Hawk, you're doing a Call of Duty, you're doing a Madden. You're trying to just you know shove more and more Halo down our throats. And yeah, probably, but <laughs> I'll still buy. It. <laughs> I'm concerned about who's developing it simply because uh, if it's not Bungie, you know, it, but then again, it's, you know, a new developer can bring in some new ideas and, and make it somewhat fresh. And, and I'd like to think that Microsoft is not going to just trust their baby with anybody and they're going to put the money and attention where it needs to go to make sure that this is what it needs to be. So, uh, you know, cautious optimism. But then again, it's Halo. I'll be there because <laughs> I've enjoyed them all so far. And, you know, <laughs> just like you'll have those Call of Duty nuts who uh, they will be like, well, Black Ops wasn't nearly as good as Modern Warfare. Then how come on your playlist that's all you've played for the last <laughs> three months? Yeah. Well, still not as good as Modern Warfare too. Mm. You can always tell when an apology was originally generated in a board meeting with a bunch of people trying to parse together how they're going to word this. I appreciate that Sony felt the need that they actually had to make an apology at the beginning of their presser, but there's something genuinely lacking when you're addressed as a consumer.
1: (laughs) Objection!
0: I was in shock
1: when he said that. He apologized to the developers and how they you know he mentioned how they are trying to you know they were trying to help help Sony get back on board and they were trying to you know we realize how much money we're losing and costing you guys and all this stuff and then he goes and says to the people that matter most the consumers and (laughs) to the people who matter
0: most the people who give us money
1: uh, it, it is completely telling of Jack Tretton and his mindset I mean this is this is Mr. Lollipop. This is Mr. you know, $1500 if you can find a PS3. This guy has no idea. He 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 really doesn't. It, this I mean it's to me it's painfully obvious that he really doesn't get it. Well, it simply shows him as a businessman. You you don't make
0: the businessman your voice to that's why you have a PR department that's why you have a marketing department this is why you know activision should never let bobby Kotick speak <laughs>
1: <laughs> out, then they should have had kevin
0: outside of a boardroom
1: they when when kevin you Butler apologize, yeah
0: there but you go that would have gone somewhere that would that, have gone somewhere yeah. yeah when you have like bobby Kotick before saying you know he wishes he could charge more for these these plastic peripherals for the the uh, the game market. I'm sorry for the uh, music game market. Well, you know, look where that got you when they were at the price point they were. Yeah. Um, you know, when he's saying things like uh, he, you know, wishing that he could uh, just annualize sequels to these certain games at infinum. You know, it, these things that he's saying, it's it's the kind of talk you expect out of a boardroom. That is what you say to shareholders and investors and that kind of thing. And it makes sense when you say that to the gamers. It basically shows. <laughs> The side you don't want them to see—the side of how can I turn you upside down by the ankles and shake you until everything comes out—you know, <laughs> you uh, yeah. I, and sometimes I think that the you know the hubris they have in that position and making that kind of money—you uh, know—maybe it really does come out of a sense of personal responsibility to address you know the people who are, are shelling out of their pocket to give you things, but. Boy, I tell you what, it doesn't come across very well. I remember looking through the comments section after that uh, after that came out, and man, there was not too many people who were impressed with it from what I read.
1: Yeah. But after that, we did have some pretty cool things come out of it. Um, so there was some Uncharted 3 footage, which looks pretty nice. Uh, Preserved. <laughs> for some reason, they felt a need to uh, show off Infamous 2, even though it came out the following day.
0: It is one of their you know bigger summer releases, and getting good critical response.
1: Possibly one of the more most expensive uh, accessory announcements of this generation: the twenty-four inch PS three D HD TV with glasses, HDMI cable, and R- Resistance Three for five hundred dollars. That tech, I hope, does not. Uh... Does not stay proprietary? Well, it's not.
0: I mean, they've had actually that tech out for a while, but I just hope that it doesn't, you know, kind of just get killed off after this TV because the idea of playing split screen with a person without an actual split screen, you know, two people looking at one TV and each of you can see your own thing full screen, you know, that takes a lot of hardware to run because the system, you know, has to basically run two engines simultaneously for the same game. But the the tech there is just uh, enthralling to me. I, I would love to to be able to see more games utilize that. That's part of the problem with this TV, I see, though. I mean, that, to me, is an awesome feature to be able to do that, but not a lot of games support that. So, you know, it might be good for two or three games, and then, eh, you know, it's good for a 3D TV, but...
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and then, there's right after after reading about that, I did see on YouTube, somebody took... They already had a game that supported it. They had a Vizio 3D TV and the regular glasses. But all he did was he put the in one set of glasses, he had two left uh, lenses, and the other side, he had two right lenses. Mm -hmm. And worked perfectly to do exactly that. And he didn't have to, you know, he had a larger TV than the PlayStation 1, and it worked exactly the same.
0: Yeah, I've seen that tech out for for computers for quite a while, too, where they've Mm -hmm. been playing around with some games you can mod to make it uh, two-player compatible on one machine. So, yeah, it's been out there for a while. I... It really appeals to me. I don't see a lot of developers chasing after it because why build one game where two people can play it simultaneously when you can just Sell build two a games game that's meant to be online yeah. so two people can buy it exactly. You know, I mean, to, to you know, to me as a <clears throat> consumer, I'm I'm really interested in you know I, I love couch co-op. I mean, you know, most retro gamers do, but. Uh, <laughs> I I wish there was some more incentive to be able to make games compatible with that and make that a a feature that's pushed more often. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think it's just one of those that's going to have kind of just a a little niche audience and occasionally a game will, will, you know, come out for something. But that's why it's perfect for the PC crowd because you're constantly having these games that are modded and, you know, people running like, you know, three video cards out of their box (laughs) just because they can, you know. So (laughs) it will probably always be something that's much more inclined to the, you know, the niche PC market than anything.
1: Mm-hmm. A little quickie. We had the, uh, Bioshock infinite, uh, came out or as, uh, was also shown during the Sony one and they will be including the first Bioshock game for free.
0: That was something that Sony really did do a good job this year with, uh, it, so many games had exclusive content. I mean, just about everything out of EA has uh, exclusive content mm-hmm. on the PS3, and it's a feature you're seeing a lot more of. It's one thing I can give, you know, kudos to Sony for lately It started, you know, quite a while back. i mean, you know, even the last uh, Assassin's Creed was was bragging about, you know, stuff you could get on the PS3 version you couldn't get anywhere else, and so. Uh,
1: well, even if you go back to the uh, the Batman game where you play as the Joker only on the PS3. Yeah, I mean it was
0: a challenge, map, but it was still something. You know, they're throwing a bone there to, to Sony, and uh, you know, I, I got to say that's smart on their end because when there's a game that's out for both systems, as long as the game runs halfway decent on both,
1: yeah, that little extra might push them back. I mean, you got SSX with the free Mount Fuji map, um, Need for Speed with seven free supercars, and Battlefield Three is going to come with Battlefield
0: 1943 on the disc. Yeah, it's. I bought uh, I, the original Dead Space, absolutely loved, <laughs> but I went through it on my 360, and I, was, mm-hmm. I was a big fan, so I just assumed, you know, I'll pick up the sequel on 360, um, and then they announced, hey, you get a game for free on the PS3 version, <laughs> because we'll, we'll throw in Dead Space Extraction, mm-hmm. just, just because, you know, we can, and... Yeah. Granted, I already had it on the Wii, but this was the HD version, and I was like, "Well, she, you know, if it's the same game on both systems, except this comes with an extra game, well, duh." You know? <laughs> so, I, I give them credit for that. There, is, somebody is paying attention and doing the smart thing there on Sony's part. So, and uh, in, in another exclusive uh, remark, actually, this is good, good mention for um, Dust Five Fourteen. Uh, EVE Online, the MMO that this is uh, tied to, it's one of the few MMOs I've ever had a personal interest in. I don't play it. I keep up with it because it is a fascinating study on uh, virtual socioeconomics and it's it's fascinating to me. It's, uh, you know, in the same sense that uh, someone who is uh, like a psychologist might study uh, WoW and the WoW players, and there's even been documentaries as such, um, the the politics and the economics of EVE Online are fascinating, the way that they've constructed this this system. And so uh, it, not that a first-person shooter on a large scale is necessarily <laughs> going to be something that has anything to do with that. But uh, I'm very interested in their cro- cross-connectivity because supposedly the larger-scale wars that you're having in this first-person shooter game, Dust 514, is going to affect the MMO. Mm-hmm. It seems to me it would have to be in some kind of limited capacity you know maybe the mining rights for this planet change from one day to the next for money or something but still that that interests me i love that idea of tying into a larger game world and it's exclusive to ps3 apparently i haven't even announced a a computer version for it which is kind Mm. of surprising and i tell you even though i don't play eve online if this is uh, a large scale game with you know like 30 or more Players playing online at one time. You know, graphically it looked impressive from the game engine they were showing. So I'm, I'm really curious about it now. I'm, uh, yeah, it's, it's one I'm going to keep an eye on. Um, another exclusive for Sony. Again, I, I got to give them uh, very high kudos for Dragon's Crown, new one by VanillaWare, uh, who's known for Muramasa, Odin Sphere, and Grim Grimoire, Uh three of my favorite games on the PS2. I'm sorry, Miramasa. Um, being on the Wii, and the, the art design has been consistently brilliant throughout all of the series. It's very original. I, I still don't see any other games copying that art style. It's it's almost like... A, well, I suppose the closest would almost be Paper Mario, but it, it almost looks like a, s- slightly animated cardboard cutouts of, of relief <laughs> paintings from Japan or something. It's kind of hard to describe, but the, the art style is, is um, just gorgeous and 2D animation. This one looks like... A, it's supposed to be an online four-player co-op dungeon romp. Uh, kind of a spiritual successor to Golden Axe, if you will. And just looking at the trailer, I'm I'm very excited to see this one come out because I've been a big fan of all of VanillaWare's other titles. And so far as I've heard, it's a PS3 exclusive. So, yeah, somebody pulled out some big guns here for the uh, only on PS3 this year. Mm-hmm.
1: And just when you thought that the new PlayStation portables uh, name couldn't get any worse, it has become the PS Vita.
0: <laughs> Suddenly, I'm hungry for cheese. I don't know how that. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: well, you you got Xperia. If you you look <laughs> at like the <you> Vio, know, <laughs> Sony's always you know. They've always had uh, listening to their own drumbeat when it comes to naming their their devices, and that drummer apparently is high on something.
1: <laughs> Once you know the, it's funny that you mentioned the bio because you know I thought it was kind of a weird name, and then someone actually pointed out the. You, do you know what the what the the sim what it, it stands for essentially?
0: Oh, you're embarrassing me because it's one of those things I know I've heard before. <laughs>
1: Well, the VA, they're the that kind of curve. It's supposed to be the sine wave for the analog, and then the IO is supposed to be the digital. Uh, I mean, that one is the only one that makes sense. Xperia, I don't know where they're coming up with that one or Bravia. I mean, there's a lot <laughs> of these. There's, they're just kind of fancy sounding names. And Vita's is another one. And by the, I'm sure you know it'll be the same thing. You know, as with we, we got used to it, and it'll be just one of those things. But just sounds kind of goofy. They when they said when they came out and said 249 for the Wi-Fi model, I was blown away. I figured there was no way they were coming under 3. I I had it pegged at 4. But I to hit <clears throat> to hit 250 for the base Wi-Fi model, that is quite the price point.
0: Yeah, this is perfect coming right in line with uh the 3DS. I love this because this is going to theoretically make some some close competition uh, I, when two systems come out to a similar price point like that you know you're gonna see them battling out I, I'm excited to see what kind of bundles are gonna offer who knows you know the 3DS might even have a, a price drop by the end of the year since you know for the same price you're gonna get this you know gorgeous looking portable system that supposedly had even though I've heard or I believe that they've scaled back some of the tech specs uh, from their original uh, prototypes to be able to fit that price point, but still, you know, you know it's going to be a, a gorgeous system graphically and capability-wise. And the 3DS is no slouch, but you know, when you put the two together and you see the same price point, uh, I'm uh, I'm really happy that they they stuck with that. Actually, it's I'm disappointed that the 3G model, the one at 300, they apparently. Last I read, I could be wrong, is exclusive to AT&T <laughs> for The Carrier, which again shows that for for every two steps that, that they take in the right direction, they trip over the next three. Um,
1: did you see... No, please... Did, I can't remember. Did you say that you did see the Sony one?
0: The actual... Uh, the
1: actual press conference?
0: Uh, yeah, everybody booed. <laughs> they they did There that.
1: was boos, there was kind of sarcastic clapping, and there was laughter. And I was laughing right along with them. It was... Uh, I can't imagine what Kaz was thinking at that time when he says they partner with ATT and the complete reaction is, no. <laughs> Ridge ri- Sorry.
0: Uh,
1: attack your yep. wireless carrier for massive damage. <laughs>
0: there you go. <laughs> yeah I think that that was I don't know if it was done for monetary but likely done for monetary reasons you know some kind of in uh, I mean for crying of out loud Apple did the same thing when they released their you know killer machine in, the, in terms of the uh, the, the uh, iPhone so
1: and then and then later AT&T well just earlier this year AT&;T said that they weren't ready for the iPhone. Even though they were they pushed it so hard, their data network they've admitted wasn't ready for it. And with AT and T having bandwidth caps on all of their wireless plans, they, I mean, I, how much are you going to pay to download games for your PA, for your PS Vita? I almost called it a PSP Go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, how, you, I mean, you are going to have uh, Wi Fi, but if you don't have You know, if you're only on the 3G for the time being, and you're going to end up hitting, uh, you know, if it's a couple of PS mini games, or if if they're going to have, you know, PlayStation One games that you can get off the PSN for the Vita, I mean, anything like that, that's going to take up a lot of bandwidth. Yeah,
0: I remember reading, I believe that the iPhone takes, on average, an iPhone uses 25 times more data than a standard. Uh, smartphone, like you, you see that much more usage out of it, and and it just, you know, it, the AT and T network is just, you know, falling to pieces <laughs> under it. So, yeah, th- this new announcement, oh my, you know, where are they going with this? It's, it's unlikely that uh, all you're going to be playing on it is the equivalent of PS Minis, you know. Right.
1: <laughs> so now that they showed off some cool games on it at 250, man, that that's a. Very good price point. I mean, and they showed off a new Uncharted game for it. They showed off Mod Nation Racers with its, how I mean, Mod Nation Racers building a track on the PS3 is easy enough. To do it just by swiping your finger across on the screen, I was amazed. They've showed off the Street Fighter Cross Tekken, which looked pretty good on there too. And it's going to be interesting once it comes out. I I think the games the last I've heard that is that games are going to be coming out on like memory sticks. It's not going to be fully download only like the go. Have you heard that? They supposedly are going to have
0: uh, options for both where you can buy it retail and download and yeah. they they haven't solidified from what I heard, but yeah, I think the, the likely scenario is that it's just going to be on a you know on the quill of a of a memory card that you just you know buy and it's it's um just for that game. Mm-hmm. I um
1: like the Tapwave
0: Zodiac. <laughs> You can't get over that tap wave you can't. picked up. That's I hilarious. I would have to pick up Evita just for the new Wipeout because uh, because I have to own all the Wipeout games. So <laughs> They knew that that's why I initially picked up a PSP when I did, just so I could play the new Wipeout games. So,
1: yeah, they they got me either way. It's kind of an odd selection, I think, at the end of it. Um, the quick little trailer for the new Sly Cooper. I, mean, I know they just released the Sly collection and everything, but I don't think anybody was expecting it. I'm not sure kind of what the reaction was to it.
0: It was kind of an odd ender, but uh, I think, you know, they were just basically showing that they're continuing some of their original series still. And basically that (laughs) we still have some PS3 love beyond, you know, all of this cool (laughs) new uh, Vita stuff. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) speaking of constantly resurrecting the same franchises, (laughs) Nintendo had some pretty interesting uh,
1: <laughs> reveals. They certainly did. It was quite. Uh, I personally, I thought that Nintendo had the best showing as far as their press conference. Obviously, they're they're showing off their new console, but the lead in was the 25th anniversary of the Zelda franchise, along with a complete orchestra playing Zelda sound effects and music. And the orchestra concerts that are coming, and the CDs, and 3DS games with Link's Awakening, and just all kinds of just stuff in the first 20 minutes.
0: Yeah, and Nintendo gets a lot of flack for you know releasing just the same IP, uh, almost sequelitis, just with you know. It... <laughs> you could the same series over and over but you know there's so much nostalgia built up after all these years for those games uh, that have so many little ties that that bring you know a whole whole series together with you know whether it be Mario and Mario's various iterations Zelda, Donkey Kong you know there's just there's no end and so
1: you're really kind
0: of playing on the nostalgia there when you have an orchestrated concert of all (laughs) the stuff you grew up with as a kid
1: Mm -hmm. and usually I mean it's not like a Madden where it's just the same thing kind of you know with updated rosters or anything they there's usually some sort of a new twist to each game um while keeping the same sort of play dynamics so it you know they they reuse their they are the king of reusing franchises but they always have some something else to offer with it well. Case in point is the,
0: the title they released that I'm actually by far the most excited about out of everything, even perhaps more than uh, you know New Zelda, is the Super Mario 3D. Mario <laughs> 3 is largely heralded as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, game ever made, mm-hmm. and this looks like an interesting montage of some of Mario 3 mixed with uh, Mario Galaxy, even kind of going back to Mario 64. It It, it looks like classic fun mario i I just i was watching it going thank you thank you after you know a couple of mario sunshines and (laughs) you start to go eh? do they still have it and then they release this and you're like yeah i'll buy it
1: (laughs) i was so happy to see the tanuki suit back i and and really that kind of i'm not sure if they're gonna have it or not but if they're bringing back the Tanuki suit, I really hope that that means that they're going to bring back some of the other ones. I mean, it wasn't used that much, but it was kind of an interesting play dynamic to have the uh, frog suit. Yeah, agreed. And To, uh, I my favorite. I mean, I would say top two favorite in uh, Mario Three is Tanuki and the Hammer Brother suit. Oh yeah, and um, but they had. I mean, it was just game after game after game after game of announcements. I mean, some of it was uh, announcements that we already knew about, and then there was just trailers. I mean, I'm excited about the new Luigi's Mansion. Oh, yeah. After watching the 3DS portion of Nintendo's uh, conference, I have to have a 3DS at this point. (laughs) I, I have to. I'm saving so hard so that I can get one as soon as I can. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so you can sit and wait for months and months and months yes. for these games to release. Oh
1: man, I just want to be ready. Cuz if yes. I don't do it now, I will not be ready in time.
0: It was the smartest thing that Nintendo could have possibly done to basically to blunt the effect of of Sony's Vita because you know, after seeing what was already out um floating around the internet, you know, gamers in the know who have been keeping up with this stuff are well aware that Sony's new handheld is on a technical level, going to blow away the 3DS. I mean, you take out the, the actual 3D gimmick, and hardware-wise, the, the 3DS isn't going to be able to run anything like you know what the Vita is is showing off. So what better way to, to blunt the impact of a, of a superior, on a technical level like that, console uh, with all of these amazing-looking games? Well, you string, a, you, t- you string together a trailer of all of these updates to classic franchises that make you go, I have to have that. I have to have it. a Mario. A Zelda, a Star Fox. You're kidding! I, I, ah, you know, I mean, it was it was brilliant on their part. They knew exactly how to get people to, to go. A 3ds is what you know. I don't care if I get a Vita or not. I know I have to have a 3ds. <laughs> uh, the
1: the AR cards in Kid Icarus. I thought that was pretty cool too.
0: Yeah, the three on three battle sector. It, it was it's it shows that uh, you know they're they're really wanting to do something. They're taking these old franchises, but they're doing some new things with them, and yeah, that's exciting to me. I agree. It's it's not just you know another more the same. It's it's something just a little different, which easily explains the sequel to the Wii console.
1: <laughs> yeah, there. I mean, the the one more before we get into that. The the one thing that I kind of noticed this year. I didn't really notice it as much in the uh, Microsoft and Sony pressers, but. I distinctly remember audible cheers during the Nintendo one. hmm I mean loud, uproarious, yes, this is coming. This is gonna be awesome.
0: You know, more than uh more than Halo fans out there, more than uh say well, I would not really say uncharted fans now, but um <laughs> you know, like God of War or um more than any other franchise Nintendo has the most. Um, trying to think of how to say this, they have the largest fan base for certain games. I, I've I've heard more than any other uh, company people who would buy a system just for a New Zelda, mm-hmm. even if it was the only game they ever got for the system. Yep, they would buy a system just for a New Mario. Mm-hmm. They would, and Nintendo has that cloud it's amazing how even after
1: you know a couple of subpar Zelda's or uh, I mean you know, even, it, after, even after looking at the performance of the you know, some would argue the N64 a lot of people would say that the GameCube didn't succeed like they would want it to I mean despite the you know class some of the classic games that came from it they've even through all of that the fans keep coming back mhm well, you know, I heard
0: a lot of people say that uh, they they buy a uh, a PS3 when a new Gran Turismo was announced, but I've heard more people say oh. that they didn't buy a 3DS. I'm sorry, well, they they didn't buy a, a DS until Mario Kart was announced for it. Mm-hmm. They didn't buy a Wii until, I mean, you, how many bundles have you seen with the Wii? You know, the Mario Kart bundle besides, uh, you know, the, like the Wii Sports and such, and uh, that's like one of the only bundles I've seen. They know.
1: Mario Kart <laughs> that and the new Super Mario Brothers.
0: Yeah, they, they know that that's what's going to sell, and... Uh, they they know the rhythm it seems sometimes of when to you know we we wait years and years for some of these bigger titles, but they seem to know the rhythm of how to just kind of string you along and keep you going. So it's uh, that's they, always
1: they, kind of been that's always kind of been a complaint for Nintendo uh, consoles though is they're not getting the games out fast enough, and it's you know everything's always seems to be you know a couple months off. Well. Yeah, if they if they released all their games at once, then they wouldn't have anything else to tide you over for the next three, four, five years until the next hardware came out. Well, there's <laughs> therein lies the the problem with third party support, and that's
0: always been also what's been tied to Nintendo yes. ever since the the you know Super Nintendo era. But when they kind of broke stride with cartridges on N sixty four, and that's it seems like they're really trying to address that with uh, the Wii U. Uh, <laughs> It's, I thought I thought Wii was bad enough. Now Wii U. That's...
1: Here, here, this is the same thing I, ju- I mentioned with the Vita. We're gonna we're gonna moan and groan about it, and there's gonna be a lot of uh, jokes and a lot of fun poked at the name. And then once it's out, and it's out for a couple months, that'll all go away, and we will live with the Wii U. Somebody thought the exact same thing I did. Uh, as
0: soon as the Wii U was announced, and uploaded a clip from, in my opinion, the classic uh, Kung Pao under the fist of the, <laughs> the character going, Wii, Wii U, Wii U. yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to anou- I'm not going to have people shut off the podcast immediately after I start doing that. But um, yeah, somebody had the same idea. Why don't they stick with the prototype names, or why is it that the prototype names are always so much cooler? I mean. The revolution was a revolution awesome, was yeah, and it was, was appropriate. Awesome. Why couldn't we have been the development name just to make people go what? I mean, at the very least, it would have kept it, you know, kept in people's minds saying, "What the heck are they developing if they're codenaming it We?" You know,
1: what I mean. Um, I mean, really, to to be honest, you look at the codename, the revolution. How much bigger of a buzz can you create than than something like uh, with a name like that?
0: I, I always <laughs> thought that. The, the Nintendo Dolphin, I mean, it sounds a little little goofy, but compared to GameCube, I mean, the thing <laughs> even looks like a plastic purse. How much, you know, are you trying to drive <laughs> try people away on this? With and Nitro? Um, yeah. It, it, you know, I don't... Even the next generation portable, well, you know, obviously just dating itself immediately. <laughs> next generation portable, 10 years from now. Um, <laughs> At least that, to me, you know, just compared to Vita, I, how many, how many grandmas are going to be coming in looking for the Sony Vita? They're going to see that on their kids' wish list, and they're they going to buy them a block of cheddar. They're, they're going to have no they're idea. Buy them a
1: pack of vitamin water.
0: <laughs> I, so. Yeah, I don't know why it seems like their original code names are all much always cooler than what they come out with. It's, but
1: it, we'll blame the marketers on that one too. It's yeah, some people that wrote Jack Tretton's speech.
0: May, well, maybe that's why Jack Tretton jumped in. He's like, "Oh my gosh, you named this what? Look, I'll handle this. Okay, I'll talk to these
1: guys." <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what happened. I don't know. I did, I did think it was pretty funny uh, just to kind of throw back to that that he was gonna. Uh, he made a little poke at Kaz's Ridge Racer line. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: at least they can make a fun of themselves to some extent. I mean,
0: Kevin Butler shows that, if nothing else. I agree. He really should have been the front man there. But ah, well.
1: Well, so do we want to talk any kind of specifics on the Wii U? I mean,
0: it this doesn't. Is... Well, I obviously can't buy one because it doesn't have GameCube backwards compatibility. I mean, I'm sorry if you know if if I can't play Aquaman
1: on it. What's the point? I th- I think they're doing you a big favor by not allowing that. <laughs> yeah um,
0: the, what was fascinating to me is that the well first off the controller itself a lot of people uh, who have been reading online i think have been mistaking the controller for this for the console
1: that because was the, that was i think the huge misconception at the beginning was that the controller was the console
0: yeah a lot of people don't realize there's a there's a box just like the wii it's actually looks, looks a lot like the wii it's like kind of rounded that. Yeah, it, um, that you have to use with this thing, and the controller so far, the system only supports one controller, mm-hmm. and then you can use uh, the GameCube accessories, GameCube controllers, and such uh, as oh, we, controllers for the Wii. Wii we
1: remote mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm
0: yep. sorry. I did. Uh, see, look, I'm just fighting <laughs> for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It uses the the Wii uh, accessories for it, so um, <laughs> the 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 controller uh, still has all the motion sensing and the the has a built-in camera and the gyroscope and uh, yeah it, it's it's i mean they really did in touch just and,
1: and pack uh, everything into it they some of the i mean on the it's obviously it's all tech demos at this point but i mean we're we're looking at a year before it's released but the stuff that they've shown off already i mean look at how they they showed off the ability to play a game without having to have the TV on. You can somebody can be watching TV and you can be sitting there playing your Wii U game on the screen without having to have the TV so you know somebody can do something or you can play in another room uh, well possibly another room we haven't really found any kind of ranges yet but that's it's 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 breaking you from the the living the entertainment room in a way,
0: it feels like a, like a return shot to Apple because Nintendo themselves have mentioned uh, that they know that the iPhone is cutting into their portable gaming mm-hmm. business. Why you know it, when you have a video game controller that <laughs> does the video conferencing and calling a web mm-hmm. browser, uh, you know oh, if the... it, this when yeah, it's got the stylus and all this kind of stuff I mean it's it's like somebody looked at an iPad, you know, someone working at Nintendo looked at an iPad and said, "Just throw that thing in the controller. <laughs> Screw those guys. We can the, do all of
1: this on a game machine." I mean, it's the like... web browser was very—the web browser tech demo they showed off was very cool because you were able to hold it up to the screen and it would show the web page on your controller, and then you can manipulate it further from there. I mean, it's you know, it's not a a huge deal, but it's it's something that you're not necessarily going to picture as being something that you could imagine doing with a game system. I mean, showing the different menus from the games on the on the controller instead of up on the screen having to pause or you can just swap items in a Zelda game or something like that. After, I mean, I saw the Project Cafe kind of leaked pictures and stuff like that. I would have never guessed... That they were going to use the controller like that
0: well i tell you what we mentioned before that the psp is you know going to be this like it, it might be a hacker's console for console generations to come i'm sorry uh, in like the hacker system you know because it's it's so relatively easy to hack and you can put so many emulators and stuff can you imagine the uh, the wii u controller in the future you know i mean it's not Obviously, it's portable, but can you imagine that thing hacked and running anything you want to on it? You know,
1: it, it's kind of, yeah, that's, I mean, that's still kind of yet to be determined because we're not sure exactly how it is driven, whether it's simply getting a secondary video feed from the console or if it's actually processing stuff on the controller itself.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, there's still a lot that, that we don't know about uh, the system itself. There's, there's a lot of people. Saying that it's definitely this, and then it comes out and saying no, it's actually this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's still a lot of hearsay, but uh, you know, just classic Nintendo, they're kind of going on their own and and doing their thing, and everyone else is just like, what? And then the more you know, the more the, that they show off what they're thinking with it, you're like, oh, okay, now I have to get. <laughs> it, it's it's a little telling that almost all of the third party games. That uh, that have been announced for it are going to be <laughs> either ports or variations of 360 and PS3 games. So who knows? I have to admit, uh, when Gearbox was talking about doing Clonal Marines and doing like that the motion sensor on on that and mm-hmm. uh, some of the other ideas that they were they they had for it, that excited me. I mean, it shows that they're actually doing some you know not just gimmicky, well, hopefully not just gimmicky mm-hmm. stuff, but they're really thinking through and coming up with some some interesting ideas uh, just for this console version. You know, that that Gets me interested. That gets me excited. You know, as long as it's not just some got kind of to tack on.
1: I, I was kind of I, more surprised. I mean, you know, we mentioned third party having, you know, third party support being a huge kind of hang-up on Nintendo consoles. If we look at some of the games that are announced, I mean, these are games that you you haven't seen on. I mean, really, you haven't seen anything like it on uh, a Nintendo console for quite a long time. I mean, you're getting. A Ghost Recon game that is online already announced. You have Tekken finally coming to Nintendo. You have Ninja Gaiden three. You know Batman, and then when EA came out and showed, uh, you know, obviously tech demo at this point, but it, they showed and mentioned Battlefield series coming to Wii U. I mean, that is that shows me that developers think this is going to be something big and the, the, that they won't actually throw you know, their weight behind. I mean, you look at how many developers waited on the Wii because they thought it was going to be a gimmick, and then it blew up, and then that's when they started releasing stuff for it.
0: Well, I am worried that most of anything they showed for third party was all just... The same videos for the PS3 or 360 builds. I mean, that's a little disconcerting, but
1: right. But again, you know, we're we're. It's not like the things coming out in four or five months, like some people were originally speculating. Right. It's it's, you know we're. It's enough time to where six to seven. We're at least seven months out to 2012, and it the fact that they're actively working on it and are looking to use the controller and the system in a new way. I mean, look at if you look at the um, graphical capabilities on the, like the the swimming fish demo. I mean, that was that was not just a, you know, that's not just a Wii that is pulling out those graphics. That is, it's it's
0: it's not just four Game Cubes taped together. That's right.
1: (laughs) That's right. This is a, I mean, uh, this is it. Looks like it could be a, you know, which Nintendo's never had, you know, necessarily the most powerful hardware. Except for you know, you look at the N sixty four and they were touting sixty four bit and you know all the SGI stuff and they're they're now saying here's what we have we have a, a good powerful machine and now we want developers to do some fun stuff with it.
0: Well, it, I tell you what, this is really gonna it's gonna be a tricky uh, force of hand for. Microsoft and Sony's next consoles, because it doesn't seem likely they're really going to chase after Nintendo and duplicate this setup for their new systems. Much like they kind of added Move uh-huh. and Connect after the fact. I mean, that, this is kind of <laughs>
1: its own thing. So oh, there was so so much poking fun at at Sony and Microsoft, showing how there was um, the one that showed the Wii U controller, and then it showed next year it was a a Dual Shock in half, and then there was like a twenty four inch Sony screen. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> What is it? The control-out-delete, I think, their their comic had... uh, They showed the Wii Wii U controller with the screen in the middle, and then Microsoft said, well, we're going to put screens on our controllers and on our game disc, and then Sony's like, oh, we're going to put the screens right in the middle of your body. And then the next year was... They showed... uh, (laughs) uh, They were apologizing on stage for any kind of uh, information that may have been leaked from their implanted screens. (laughs) (laughs) I mean it. Well, here's
0: uh, seen what con- uh, slightly concerning. I think Nintendo's still going to be on the trailing end, uh, pretty soon because you know, the the Wii U is supposedly going to, you know, uh, hardware wise, graphically be able to compete with PS3 and 360. But you know, PS3 and 360 are, you know, they're they're been out for several years now and. Uh, supposedly, it's not going to be but another year or two before they're going to start uh, ramping up for their next systems. And so it's, once again, you know, Nintendo's, uh, they never make hardware without designing it to be made to have a profit made off of it. And that's one of the reasons why they're not typically, you know, super top of the line. So,
1: Well, I mean, some kind of initial things I've heard is that they're, I mean, hardware-wise, it is flat out more powerful than the 360 and the PS3, which... I mean, at a certain point, 1080p graphics. You know, now we're at that point where 1080p is 1080p is 1080p, and we're not gonna. I mean, we're we're really not gonna see a move to anything more high def for a home console. I don't think.
0: Um, Yeah, it's it's gonna be more. You know what you're doing with all that hardware. Exactly,
1: and if they get a machine that is easy to code for easy to kind of manipulate the tools to use the Wii U screen properly, I mean, they could very well show that, you know, you don't have to have the greatest hardware to, to have a great software experience.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny when you think about it. They've literally made a home console DS. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited because it's different. I'm excited because it shows some out-of-the-box thinking for how to play games. And granted, because there's such companies as EA and Ubisoft, there's going to be you know, cross-platform games where they add some bizarre gimmick to the Wii U variant so that it's not really all that special. But at the same time, there's going to be products from Nintendo and the occasional offbeat game that's just different enough to say, you know, you can't get this anywhere else. This is... You know, this is a Wii U experience and it's really nifty. So, mm-hmm. I, my, uh, I, when I saw what the Wii U was with that controller, my first thought was imagining a first person, uh, first person shooter multiplayer online with ARG where you're looking at, you know, <laughs> with the cameras, you're using the screen to look around you and you can see like, this apocalyptic landscape equivalent or something, and your friends who are online, you know, are ducking in and out of your furniture. That that kind of idea, to me, is just thrilling. I mm-hmm. mean, sure, you'd break break 100 controllers trying to dodge and mm-hmm. swinging it around in your living room, but at the same time, hey, you know, <laughs> all the rage is with uh, getting you off the couch these days and playing while you play games anyway. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it shows that there's some something different and we're just waiting for somebody to match the imagination with uh you know a fun game and the hardware and putting it all together so
1: here's to hoping and then there was that little game for that little uh, nintendo game announced the smash brothers i believe it was for wii u and 3ds with cross-platform play
0: yeah unfortunately uh the developer in question said yeah we, we actually need to start making that now <laughs> well that mainly wraps up our thoughts on E3 this year uh, I'd like to give a quick game shout out this week um, I have owned Nights in the Nightmare for my DS uh, since day one and I found the PSP version on clearance at GameStop picked it up and just was reminded of how Crazy! This game is. I've never played a more complex and hard to describe video game. It's, but it's amazing. Big fan. It's a, almost a cross between a real-time strategy and a uh, shoot 'em up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, look up, look up on YouTube, see some videos, and see if it interests you. It's certainly not for everybody, but I found it a fascinating game. The concept was was Definitely original, different, and in my opinion, well executed. If not just overly complex, uh, it's um, it has got it's it's got a really nifty and and I, I like the art style. I love the music. Uh, gameplay is takes well. It'll take you probably two hours just to get to the tutorials, but um,
1: <laughs> check it out. Uh, yeah, I've got a quick one too. Um, I got to try out the Duke Nukem Forever demo. It really brought back a big wave of nostalgia on me. Uh, the boss fight in the arena uh, was a whole lot of fun finding all the different weapons. I mean, they changed the the weapon system around instead of having just stockpiling weapons like the old PC shooters used to. Was now just you have the two weapons to switch between. But the shrink rays back, the RPG and of course all of the uh, Take cops to go ahead and blow up to. Um, also, tried out the Infamous and uh, Wipeout from the PlayStation Welcome Back program. Infamous is a pretty interesting experience. I've never, I didn't really play the demo at all, but it's a pretty interesting, has pretty interesting dynamics to it. And then Wipeout is just, it's Wipeout. And it's HD Wipeout. I mean, what else can I say? It's a blast to play it's actually one of the the few
0: true 1080p games running on the ps3 Mm -hmm. and it shows you get that game on a a nice tv and even though it's just you know download title it i was pretty happy with it Uh, i actually imported the oh sheesh i think it was the korean (laughs) version because i initially bought the 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 first uh, when it first came out, that was like the first the first PSN title I bought, and then they had the Fury expansion. But I was kind of goofing around online, and I found a Blu-ray disc copy. that like I said, I think it was a either Chinese Korean, and um, it was the same price importing it than if I would have just bought the extra DLC content. And I'm like, well, man, I'll just you know <laughs> I'll get the physical copy, so I'll have them both. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I've been playing it since then, and it, all the menus and everything are in English. I mean, you'd never know the difference except for the packaging. So, oh, I, I love that series. Uh, I have since its debut on the original PlayStation. Uh, racing games typically end up kind of boring me, uh, unless they have some kind of well. To be fair, kind of gimmick or hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the Wipeout games, I've all I just for some reason the feel that kind of floaty. Get heavy uh, like craft over the over the surface. Just I don't know why, but that clicked with me, and I really enjoyed those. And they they just get so furiously fast when you get near the uh, like kind of the halfway point of uh, progression. When they just start uh, unlocking the faster classes, and boy, it just it just starts going mad. <sighs> yeah, I, I definitely recommend if you uh, are sitting there going, I don't know what to get on my uh, my. My freebies here, uh, yeah. I put my weight behind Wipeout. Uh, I picked up Infamous a while back on sale, and uh, superhero games are real hit and miss with me. I, I, I try to get into it, but uh, I don't know. It was something about me having this free world roaming environment, and then I tried to jump over like a three high fence, and I couldn't. <laughs> And I don't know why that made such a big difference, but I, that was the, at the point that I just kind of shut the game off, and I don't know why it just it didn't it didn't click with me. But it's it's a well made game. I don't you know I'm not denying that, and a lot of people say that you know it, it was one of the best superhero games out for this generation, and the second one's getting you know super high marks, and people are saying if you like the first one, definitely go for the second one too. So yeah, I know that one's that one's a, was definitely a good choice for them to offer up. Well, we're going to close out with the top five things missing from this year's E3. Number five. An apology from Sony that didn't include the word consumers. Number four. Duke Nukem Forever for the Phantom. Number three. Accordion Hero featuring Weird Al. Number two. Halo U. And the number one thing missing from this year's E3 a new Mario for the PlayStation. Judging how many grandmas ask for it at retail, what on earth are they waiting on? They know they saw it at their friend's house somewhere. Well, we couldn't even cover uh, a fraction of all of the big stuff that happened on the Series E3. I have to admit, i am I was more interested this year in what was released than I have in, you know, the last couple of years. There was just a lot more products that came out that I found interesting a lot more games that I'm actually excited about. And you know we we tried to cover some of the ones that uh, weren't mentioned as loudly as, you know, for for every Halo 4 you had a insanely twisted Shadow Planet that didn't quite get the same coverage. So we wanted to try to point some of those out and just kind of eh, give our thoughts on the future of our grand hobby. If you have uh, any questions or comments or thoughts or E3 experiences that you'd like to share, be sure to post them up on our forums at rfgeneration.com.
1: You guys can also get in contact with the show. You can call us at area code 318-RFG-TIP-5. That's 318-734-8475. You can send us an email at podcast at rfgeneration.com. You can chat with us live. In IRC, in channel RF Generation on QuakeNet. Uh, of course, you can contact us on the on the forums at RFGeneration.com. And for those who don't currently use the site, you can also use it to track your game collection and create your own gaming blog.
0: We hope you've enjoyed our uh, after the fact E3 coverage. And like I said, be sure to uh, send us your thoughts. Until next time, God bless, game on, keep it on channel three.